chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, short-handed goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Watt gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead! is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace out here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is our I believe second to last show at Oyo. It is a sad day for me as we get one day closer to our end of season giveaway, a Golden Knights. We'll be doing that on Monday. We will be here on Monday from 4 to 6. We're here, obviously, today. Uh, the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, everything is awesome, top-notch here, fantastic stuff. You've got VGK drink specials, $3 Bacardi's, New Amsterdam's, Jim Beam's, Bud Bucket's, 5 for $10.00. It's the Strip's only 24-7 $1 blackjack. It is a great place to come out, hang out, especially before a game, and you'll have your opportunity to do that on Sunday as the Vegas Golden Knights close out their home schedule against the San Jose Sharks. We've also got Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... So, Chris Chapman, tell me when you believed the Golden Knights were going to come back and win last night against the Washington Capitals. Let's start there, and then we'll get into all the talking points. Well, I did not believe they were going to come back and beat the Washington Capitals. <laughs> really? Yes. I, really? I, I thought once they went down 2-1 to one in the third period, I, I'd seen that book one too many times. And, uh, or I'd seen that movie, I should say, one too many times. So I knew the ending. I guess it was one of those choose-your-own-adventure books because the engine, the ending changed, uh -huh. and it changed for the better, and the Golden Knights were on the right side of that for the first time, it seems like, in a long time, where uh, the third period was, was their period, and uh, overtime was, was theirs as well. So certainly, uh, I, look, I, I don't... I don't sugar-coated I I am totally honest when I say I, I thought they were gonna lose that game when they went down two to one you know it's really funny because as as you know and as maybe some listeners don't really know like a lot of us in the media are our friends like I, Jesse Granger obviously comes on the program often I consider him a friend not just a colleague but a friend same thing with Ken uh, from Sinbin everybody in the in the media here in Vegas like we bounce ideas off of one another. We have side dialogues during the course of a game. And I'm not going to give out who I was talking to. Uh, but I was having a conversation as an aside during the game last night. And there was a moment in the third period. And it wasn't so much the fact that the Golden Knights had tied the game. But it was after Evgeny Dodonov's goal, and it was during the call of the penalty that allowed the Golden Knights to go on the power play and allowed Chandler Stevenson to get the go-ahead goal. There was a media member that shot me a text, and it frankly said, they're winning this game. And that was before the Golden Knights went up 3-2. to two. That was before Alex Ovechkin decided to shoot a puck through Logan Thompson. 
because that's what he did. Like, the, the thing that I love most about that game, Chris Chapman, is it was awesome. Yes. There was no part of that game last night. Maybe the second period was a little bit slow, and, 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 and even in that situation, you had the drama building of Robin Leonard made 12 of 13 saves in the first period. Why did Pete DeBoer pull Robin Leonard to start the second period and go to Logan Thompson? There was a lot of you know, confusion, I think, at that point because on the surface, I look at the first period from Robin Leonard, I don't think that he played particularly poorly. I thought that that was one of the more dialed-in periods we saw from Robin Leonard. So it was a, a gutsy move by Pete DeBoer to go off of his starting goaltender for the second and third period. And then the adversity the Golden Knights face in that situation is you allow a two-on-one with Evgeny Kuznetsov passing across the ice to Alex Ovechkin, and that is Logan Thompson's introduction to the game. Like, it, it, it could not have set up for the Golden Knights in a, in a worse situation entering the beginning of that second period. And then again, you have a third period for the ages. It was energetic. It was engaging. It was fast-paced. It was frenetic. It was awesome. And you got history with Alex Ovechkin picking up his 50th goal of the year. Just two other players have had nine 50-goal seasons in the NHL, Mike Bossy, Wayne Gretzky, and now Alex Ovechkin. That's it. That's the list. You and I were there. We got to witness history, and we also got to witness Shea Theodore's filth in overtime. I mean, that was a game where you, if you tell me the Golden Knights can build off of that and run the table, I'll believe you. Well, from an entertainment standpoint, as, as someone who... who is is I mean I, technically impartial, right? Like I just want to see a good game and and, and Chapman, obviously stop. You're not fooling anybody. You're not impartial. Well, listen, well, yeah, you're you're right because I, I I have a man crush on Alexander Ovechkin. So, um, <laughs> you know, you know, but from a pure entertainment standpoint, it was about as fun and as about as exciting of a game, especially that third period, a, a, as you can get. And you know, it's funny because I sit next to. Uh, someone that that you are, you know, you you, you chat with a bit, mm-hmm. and when they went up three two, and there was about six or seven minutes left in that game, I turned to him and I said, "They're going to win this game, aren't they?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, they are." And then, out of nowhere, Alex Ovechkin with a l- absolute laser, like you said, it it went through Logan Thompson. It was like Mortal Combat, a fatality. Yeah. That's the type of move it was and the type of shot and goal. <laughs> I, I read that NBC Washington, who I guess carries the, the, the Capitals games, yeah. clocked the shot at over 100 miles an hour. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, look, I know Logan Thompson's been playing well, but that is an absolute laser, and it takes a lot to get in front of something like that and stop it. So He got a piece. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, he, he made a save on, on a breakaway by Ovechkin, and, you know, it's funny. I listened to, to Ovi's post-game comments last night, and they kind of asked him about it. He kind of laughed about it. He goes, he goes, yeah, yeah, I just, I, because they said, oh, that could have been 50. He started laughing. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know. I kind of kind of screwed that one up or something. But, um, yeah, it, it was a great game. And then we had the drama in overtime where Eichel fell and somehow had the wherewithal to put his stick while he's laying on his bum and knock the puck away from what would have been a 2-1-0 from Washington. So, uh, I mean, it, it had drama. The result was the one that the fans wanted. And, yeah, it was pretty damn cool 
to be to be in the building when history was made. You know, I was fortunate enough to be there when Patrick Marlowe made history last year. Yeah. And now I, I, I can say I was in the building when Alex Ovechkin did something only two other players in the history of the NHL have done. And, you know, it was funny because we, we asked William Carlson about it last night in the postgame. Yep. And his comments were, I'm going to tell my grandchildren I got to play with a legend. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and, and he's one of the all-time greatest players ever to do it. So, you know, it, I, I think the players, they appreciate what what they were a part of. And it's, it's pretty damn cool that this franchise in just five years has been a part of some pretty significant pieces of history in the NHL. Yeah, and we've been in the building for some significant moments in Alex Ovechkin's history, but we'll get to Alex Ovechkin a little bit more in depth in one-timers later today. We've got Dave Shame from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He's going to join us at 5.05 to dig into last night's game, to dig into who's starting in goal for the Vegas Golden Knights on Sunday. That legitimately is the only question between now and then, Chapman. Like, do, do you agree? Like, you, you, you look at this situation on the surface and – if if the leash for Robin Leonard last night was playing to a 1-1 tie after 20 minutes and being a 9-25 goalie in the first period, if that was the leash, like, doesn't it beg the question of why that was the, the decision in the first place? Like, I, I, I don't, and I might be in the minority here, I'm not sure. I don't look at that first period as a poor period from Robin Leonard. I was incredibly surprised when Robin was pulled and Logan Thompson got the gate in the in the second period. Yeah, I, I was too, and I actually got to listen to some of your post game last night on my, my drive home, and I heard one of the callers who who was, I would say, highly critical of Robin Leonard. Yeah. And what what I what I don't understand is why he was counting that second goal that was taken off the board. It doesn't count. No, I know. It, 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 it's like if, I th- if I'm in a boxing match and I throw a punch after the bell, it doesn't count. So, um, you know, I, I, it was weird because we're, we're, we're all sitting up there and I tap the, the, the guy who sits next to me on the shoulder. And I'm like, Logan yeah. Thompson led the team on the ice. And he's like, oh, my God, what is going on? And, <laughs> and you know, it, it, it was pretty funny because I think all of us were in absolute shock when we saw that because while... I don't think Robin played terrible. I mean, he certainly didn't look look like he should have been pulled. I mean, I I, I thought maybe there was there there was a, a moment where it was a long. I think I think I want to say it was like a clearance by uh, Washington, and it seemed like Robin kind of bobbled the puck a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know if if they just thought he wasn't comfortable. He didn't look comfortable. I don't know if they felt he was dialed in. I, 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 I don't well, know. And the thing is, I don't know if we're ever going to know what went into that decision. Well, I mean, Pete spoke to it last night, right? Like, Pete talked about the, the team getting a bit rattled there after, after the first goal of the game. I mean, they were able to come back. They were able to tie it. Uh, you get the goal taken off the board for offside, and, and I, I don't know if there's a goaltender alive making that stop on that on that goal that was called back like it was four or five passes in a row on the tape great movement you're all you're going to have a goaltender overcommit in that situation so when you go back door for an easy tap in um i i don't know that i look at that and say that that he he's not dialed in or he doesn't have it yeah uh, but the fact of the matter is pete DeBoer made a bold decision like i thought it was bold to go with robin leonard to start the game 
and then to, in, in a one-one game, right? Like it'd be a, it'd be a different story, right? If if it's two nothing, three nothing, like something in that, where you know you're looking at it and you're saying the team needs a spark, they need a change, they need something. But at one-one to recognize if you're Pete DeBoer that you've got to change something up, that you've got to make a call here to try to bring some energy into your team, like. All the, all the credit in the world to making tough decisions. Like that, that's why I do not envy Pete DeBoer when it comes to Sunday's game because he's going to have to make yet another bold decision regardless of which goaltender he goes to. Do you go back to Robin Leonard after the fact that you pulled him in a 1-1 game or do you let it ride with Logan Thompson? Like that's a massive decision and it's all with, with the lens of Vegas has to win out. And then just real quick on the goalies, and I, I want to get your thought on this, Chapman, because I, I saw a lot of this, and, and you tend to see this often when you have goaltenders that play a little bit different style. Like we've, we've talked about Robin Leonard. Uh, he's a, a blocker. He's able to get himself where he needs to be. When his reads are on point, he makes it look easy, and therefore it feels like he's not doing much, but he's doing a lot of work behind the scenes to make easy saves. And then when you look at Logan Thompson, there's a lot of reaction time. There's a lot of, of just battling, I guess, for a lack of better term, or one term that we've heard quite a bit to describe Logan's game. Um, the idea that this team immediately played better or were energized by Logan Thompson, I think, is a false narrative. Because I don't think the Golden Knights were particularly good in the second period. No. I, I could be wrong. No, I, I didn't think so either. It wasn't until the third period and being down 2-1 to one in a must-win game where the Golden Knights came to life. It was not an immediate bump up in play from Vegas when Logan Thompson got into the net. We'll talk ourselves into it, but I don't think the exact narrative. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that because, I mean, they, they fell down 2-1 to one right away. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, it, I, I don't know. And, and the funny thing is, you know, I was at practice yesterday, and when we came out and we saw Logan Thompson still on the ice, you know, it's myself, Jesse Granger, Ken from Sinbin, yeah. Yeah. you know, Danny Webster. We, we all kind of walk out together. Ben Goats, of course, is there, and, and David Shane, and we all kind of look at each other like, so Robin Leonard's in net tonight. Yeah. And, and – I don't, I don't think any of us really knew why that, that decision was made. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's Pete's decision. And, and I think Pete was, was, was doing what he felt was best. And for, for whatever reason, he made that change. And it turned out to be the right decision, maybe. You know, maybe they win that game with Robin and Ned. I don't know. We'll never know. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, Ryan, I, I, I think stylistically, Logan Thompson and Robin Leonard could not be more polar opposite. Like what I what I notice a lot with Logan Thompson and and he's very quick, like he's really fast to to to, to make his reads and get over and block shots, and he plays angry, like he he plays <laughs> like like, and 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 I I I did not know until after I walked out of the press conference last night, and I'm actually very disappointed I did not know this, but six years ago Logan Thompson was invited to Washington Capitals development camp. Yeah. Two years ago, Logan Thompson played one season for the South Carolina Stingrays, who are the ECHL affiliate of, guess who? The Washington Capitals. Sure. He had a phenomenal season in the ECHL, and for whatever reason, 
he wasn't brought back. He wasn't ever given a chance to, to, to prove himself with the Capitals. So I don't know if there was a little extra oomph last night from Logan Thompson. There was something. But he, he certainly carries that chip on his shoulder, and, and I think you could see it in his play. And, and he, he plays very confident, and you could see it when he made that save on Ovechkin on the breakaway, the, the, the confidence he had to, to, to get his pad down and get his skate in between himself and the iron. And, I, I mean, it, it's stylistically two very different goalies, but I don't envy Pete DeBoer. I don't envy the Golden Knights having to make that decision. Sure. It, it was kind of weird because William Carlson said, you know, nothing really changed for him in terms of, of who went into net. And, and I think maybe we, we might have taken that a little bit out of confidence and out of context. I think what he meant was he still has to play the same type of game that he plays, regardless of who's in net. Not that nothing changed in terms of, well, I didn't care or, or, or it matters now because this guy's in net and that guy's not. I don't think that's what he meant. I think it's, sure. I still have to play my game because when Shea was kind of asked a similar question, he, he said, well, yeah, you know, that's our that's the decision of the coach. We still have to play. Right. So, um, you know, it, it's certainly a precarious position that the Golden Knights find themselves in on Sunday. You have on one end a guy who was in the ECHL two years ago making, what, $750,000? And on the other end, you have a guy who you tab to be your number one goalie. And he's making $5 million a year. And I, I found Pete's comment last night in regards to we pay him to win games or he's the guy we pay. I, I found that really interesting. And I, I don't quite know what to make of it. Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting question as to what is going to happen for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, no media availability today, no practice today, an off day for Vegas they will be uh, in practice tomorrow we should have a little bit more information uh, as to where the Golden Knights might be leaning where head coach Pete DeBoer might be leaning for his starting goaltender on Sunday and we can't really you know skirt around the issue here like the Golden Knights are taking on the San Jose Sharks on Sunday it's another must-win game the Golden Knights have absolutely dominated San Jose for the last two seasons. It is a trap game if there ever was one. If there is ever a team, Chapman, that is going to be motivated beyond what a normal team would be motivated to beat this Vegas Golden Knights team, to put a real dent in their desire to make the playoffs, their chances to make the playoffs, it's the San Jose Sharks. So if you're Pete DeBoer going into this game, you have to make sure that you are 100% confident in your decision. I don't think that that's ever going to be a problem for Pete. And I don't think when you look at Logan Thompson's numbers so far this season and the fact that he's given you 920 goaltending, right? A two and a half goals against average per game. Like, he's almost, he's almost winning two to one with his starts. Like, I, I think that you ride the hot hand. If you're asking me what I do, based on what we saw out of the New Jersey game and based on the decisions that were made within the Washington game, the surprising thing in the world to me would be Robin Leonard starting on Sunday. That's where I'm at. That's how I'm looking at the situation. Do you view it differently? No, no, I don't. I, I, I was surprised that Robin got the start yesterday. I, I thought following the New Jersey game that 
we would see Logan Thompson tomorrow in in a must win game. Um, I I we talked about it a little bit last night after the game after after the press conference. I talked about it with a couple people, and I I honestly, unless there was something wrong with Robin Leonard, like physically, and he could not play. I don't know how you go back to him on Sunday night. Like I, I, I just don't. And and I don't. Maybe you know. Here's the thing. I'm not. A, I'm not. You, you, I like the line. You're not. I'm not a, a NHL coach. Yeah. I'm not a goalie coach in the NHL. Mike Rosati has forgotten more about teaching goalies how to play than I will ever know. So whatever decision that the team makes, I respect it. But. If you're asking me my opinion as a guy who's paid to talk about this on the air, I'm going to go with Logan Thompson. He is my guy until he proves he's not. And I don't know if he's going to prove that he's not because the guy has not played a bad game in, what, three weeks, four weeks? It's, it's, I mean, it's hard to go back and find a game where Logan Thompson wasn't good. I mean, you got to go back a, a long way, right? Like, and and it's not even the 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 good versus bad. It's not even dialed in or not dialed in. It's it's results, right? Like, yes, that's it's what the matters. Fact that Logan Thompson's winning, and and that's that's really what it, what it boils down to. And for the Golden Knights, a team that is is looking to make the playoffs by winning out, you have to go with the results. And the results right now, this is the last eleven games played. For Logan Thompson, the last eleven games he's eight three and zero, eight three and zero. You can't really dispute that, regardless of what an eye test tells you, regardless of what the opponents that he's faced tell you. It doesn't matter if you've got a guy that's eight three and zero over his last eleven games. That's the direction that you go if you have to win four straight. If if you believe wholeheartedly that you win four straight, someone ahead of you is going to stumble, and we're going to get into the clearest path now for the Golden Knights, and it's going to coincide with a big-time game tonight. You have to go with the results. You just do. And and I, I, like, I'm here for every different argument around this. I just think if you're looking at it objectively and you think you can get into the playoffs, you got to ride the results. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. Look, he has a shutout over, uh, or he did not allow any goals to Seattle. Um, that that was just five games ago on March the 30th. So in the span of three weeks, he's 4-1 and one in those last five starts. Or, or in his last five games, I should say. He obviously didn't get the start last night, but he got the win last night. Uh, the only game where, where they lost was the Edmonton game, and that was a one nothing game going into the third period. So Logan Thompson did his job. Problem is the guys in front of him didn't put any pucks in the net. So, uh, y- you know, the 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 four of the five games he's played, he's allowed two or less goals. Ryan, so yeah. I, I'm I'm on board with him being the guy. Like I said, until he proves he's not, I I think you ride him. And I I don't know what that means for Robin Leonard. I don't know if, if that means something in the off season for Robin Leonard. I don't know. I don't know if the 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 thing I keep going back to and. Again, we won't know. Is I just don't know how healthy Robin Leonard is. It's like Mark Stone. We can clearly yeah, see. It, we can clearly see that Mark Stone is not 100. I I I would venture to guess that maybe Robin Leonard is in the same boat. 
So, okay, let me ask you this question because I, I'm curious to get your thought process on it. In the third period, Pete DeBoer switched up the lines, okay? Yes. Pete went with Matthias Janmark, Jack Eichel, and Evgeny Dodonov. Then you had uh, Stevenson, Pacioretty, and Stone, and then you had the Misfits reuniting, Marcius O'Carlson uh, with Amadio. Which had a bigger impact on the Golden Knights winning last night? Because this is an interesting question. As you and I are both going into, yeah, Logan Thompson should be the guy. Logan Thompson should probably start on Sunday. Did, did Logan Thompson coming into the game in the second period have a bigger impact on the Golden Knights winning, or did Pete DeBoer switching the lines up in the third period have a bigger impact on the Golden Knights winning? I, I think it was the lines because yeah. I, I think you saw dividends immediately. And, and to answer you, the first part of your question, I think – Eichel and Dodonov together is something that Pete probably never should have come off of. Those well, two, it, it, they've got chemistry. Yes, and they are, yeah. they're understanding how to play with one another, and I think that, that that's important because it gives you three lines with that chemistry. Yeah, and, and of course Chandler Stevenson, you know, like, like Pete said last night, he does a lot of the stuff that doesn't show up on the score sheet. You don't see it with his speed, the way he gets back, the way he does fight for pucks. But Chandler Stevenson, to me, has been the most consistent player on the Golden Knights this season. And he comes through again last night with the big goal. Um, I, I think you have chemistry with, with Stevenson Stone and Pacioretty. Those three know each other really well. I know Yanmark is kind of a new addition to the, to the Eichel and the Donov line. But Matthias Yanmark, to me, earned playing with those two guys with the way he played he was, in the first two periods. Look, the, the, guy, yeah, the, the guy got hit in the face with a puck. I mean, literally busted open. They had to stop the game and come and clean the ice and, and, and get the blood from Matthias Janmark's face off the ice. And he comes right back out as if nothing happened. Like that guy, we, we, we talk about Alec Martinez being a warrior. Matthias Janmark is a warrior as well. And I feel like he earned that promotion last night to, to play with Eichel and, and, and Dodonov, and he was really good last night. I like the three of those guys together because I feel like Yamark is a defensively responsible player, and it allows Eichel and Dodonov to kind of flow freely when they're on offense. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that that was the key in the game for the Golden Knights. Obviously, you look at the power play goal, that's a massive point. Um, but then, like... The thing that's interesting to me, and, and the, I, I think the, maybe the, the best two minutes of pure hockey that we got to see was Logan Thompson making a glove save on Alex Ovechkin when it was 3-2, to two, and then Alex Ovechkin barreling down the opposite side of the rink two minutes later and shooting a puck through Logan Thompson because he was mad, he was angry, he was irritated that Logan got the better of him on that last shot. Like, that was cat and mouse between those two players. And if you ever wanted to know how much confidence Logan Thompson has in his ability in his game, go back and look at the glove save he made on Alex Ovechkin. Go back and look at the body language after he made the save. This kid never hurts for confidence. Yeah, as a guy who came up playing baseball, he made it look routine. It, yeah. was, it was like a, a, a shortstop just catching a routine line drive. I mean, that's kind of what it was like. And, yeah, it, 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 I remember that. I'm like, wow, that is a save. That's a guy who has confidence. That's a guy who has some swagger. It, 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 he played really well. And, and, yeah, I understand he gave up two goals, and I think a lot of guys are giving up both of those goals. 
So it's hard to say that Logan Thompson was at fault for either one. As you mentioned, a two-on-one was the first goal, and in, in the third period, it was an angry Ovechkin who hmm. Washington kind of picked their play up a little bit when they went down three to two. Yeah, yeah. And, and and credit to those guys because I I wasn't sure what what we were going to see from them, especially in that third period. And once they fell behind, but that was a team that was playing to win last night. And they, they, they played a great game. And I thought it was, like I said, from the very beginning, very beginning of the segment, from an entertainment standpoint, I don't know if I can remember a better game more recently. I know people would point to the Chicago game and say, oh, well, they scored three goals. But the first two periods weren't very good for the Golden Knights. I thought last night, start to finish, it was entertaining. They were up and down. Like I said yesterday, every time the guy with the yellow laces comes on the ice, I watch what he does just because I'm so fascinated how he's so good at what he does and nobody can seem to stop him. It, it, it was just a fun game, and I'm glad the Golden Knights are on the right side of it. All right, Chadman, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to do our official game rating brought to you by Nova Home Loans, the best combination of service rates and fees. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. Going to move this up, mainly because we've got Dave Shane joining us at 5.05 in hour number two on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, I think it goes without saying, I'm going Carolina Reaper on this one. We, we've talked about really everything there is to talk about from last night's game it was entertaining it was awesome you had history made with Alex Ovechkin picking up two goals really scored three but Evgeny Kuznetsov is really making it his mission to prevent Alex Ovechkin from passing City uh, <laughs> from passing Wayne Gretzky um, that's now two goals this year that uh, Kuznetsov has taken away from Alex Ovechkin uh, but the Golden Knights get a win and they get two points they come back in the third period absolute filth from Shea Theodore in overtime you give that guy time and space he's going to make something happen um it was a great win. It was an awesome, awesome moment inside T-Mobile Arena, the loudest the building has been all year long. For all of those reasons, it's a Carolina Reaper. Yeah, I, I, I can't go away from that either. Look, throw the process stuff out. We, we, you know, I say that every game now, but throw that out the window. They, it was a really good game. Process-wise, I thought it was a really good game as well. Um, the, the, the really cool moment was, was, yeah, Ovechkin got the 50, and I'm glad we got to see that because it, it's, it's just one of those historical moments where all 18,000 people who were in T-Mobile last night will remember that, that they were there to see that. I know it was a good game because I have a good friend who is a Washington Capitals game, and I have a cousin who is a Washington Capitals fan, and they both almost simultaneously texted me with expletives when <laughs> Shea Theodore scored that winning goal. So for that alone, anger in my buddy Mark and my cousin John, it is a Carolina Reaper because I know that those two were Extremely disappointed with the way things went last night. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go Carolina Reaper as well. All right. And just for the sake of being fair to Darren Millard, I imagine that he would go with Carolina Reaper. So it's a clean sweep, five out of five, 15 possible points for the Golden Knights. And they look to bring that same energy into their next game on Sunday. That's your official game ratings brought to you by Nova Home Loans, the best combination of service rates and fees. We're going to take a break. and We're going to talk about the playoffs, but in a different way. On the other side, it's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Rolling right along here. Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show live from the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Golden Knight drink specials. 
$3 Bacardi's, New Amsterdam's, Jim Beam's, Bud Bucket's 5 for $10. That is $2 a Bud. And that is a phenomenal deal any way you slice it. And this place, Underground Lounge, I, like, I know I've talked about it a couple of times here when Darren's been here and, and, and Chapman. I know that you sometimes get into the studio early yes. whenever we're down here at OYO simply because you want to hear the music. I hear Wham! right now, and I, yeah. I, I want to start singing karaoke. No, it's fantastic. Like, this is legitimately one of the coolest places to be in Las Vegas, strip adjacent. Like, I'm telling you right now. And you get always free parking. And it is such an easy walk from here to T-Mobile Arena, to the MGM Grand Garden. Like, it's pretty centrally located to the venues where you're going to see great sporting events and great great concerts. So when it comes to pregame, this is the place to be. The, the drink specials are off the chain. They're fantastic. You've got 24-7, $1 blackjack. You can place all of your wagers at the William Hill Sportsbook. Like, there's so much going on here um, that this is a place that, that, frankly, in the offseason, whenever that comes for the Golden Knights, and hopefully it doesn't come for another two months or so, um, your boy's going to, like, hang out here. I'm telling you that right now, Chris Chapman. Like, there's going to be mo- – there will be nights where I'm going to take Mrs. Wallace out to the Underground Lounge where we pretend like it was eight years ago when we started dating. <laughs> like, that's, that's legitimately what we're going to do, and it's going to be a grand time. I'm telling you, this place, if you've never been here, come on down, check it out. Uh, I've got a bunch of swag, Pink Whitney shirts, Pink Whitney hats. We've got calendars, Hooters calendars. We've got Hooters T-shirts. Corona uh, pint glasses, like we've got a bunch of stuff. So if you want to come down here, say hello to me and grab some swag, come on down. But let's shift gears here um, before we get to the play of the day, before we get to Dave Shane at 505, uh, and talk about an idea from Greg, from Greg Wyshynski with ESPN. And he, he wrote a column. I don't want to give everything away. Like I think you should go, go to ESPN.com. Uh, ESPN Plus, and, and read the article from Wyshynski, great friend of the show. Uh, Greg is proposing a change to the playoff format for the National Hockey League. And the change is to expand the playoffs to include 10 teams from each conference. So essentially what you're going to have is a round of play in games to whittle down to a 16-team tournament. And how you do that is just like they do in the NBA. You've got a game between the 7 and 8 seed, and the winner of that game becomes the 7 seed in the conference. And then you have a game between the 9 and 10 seed. The loser is eliminated. The winner goes on to play the loser of the 7-8 seed game, and then they become the 8 seed. Where are your thoughts on this? Before we get into anything else, Chapman, like, what do you think of the idea of expanding the playoffs and then this particular format? Well, I can tell you, you asked me this five years ago, and I would have been sternly against it. I would have said, absolutely. It's fine the way it is. No, I don't want to see it. But that was five years ago. Today, and it has nothing to do with the fact that the Golden Knights would not be in the playoffs today had they started today, but it has more to do with the fact that in the last two years or so, we've seen the NBA add the play-in games. We've seen the NFL add another playoff team, and we've seen Major League Baseball also add another playoff team. 
the NHL right now is behind the eight ball on this because the other leagues have already done this. They've already taken another step to get teams into the playoffs. So, like I said, five years ago, sternly against it. I No, there's no way. <laughs> Crotchety old Chapman. No, no. I know, right? We use that to describe Darren. But sure, no, I, yeah. I, I would have been sternly against it because I, I, I would have said, look, it's fine the way it is. We, we don't need to change it, right? If it's not broke, don't fix it. It's not that it's not broken. But I think if you can make it better, I think you do that. So I love the idea because it leans into what the NHL does better than any other sport in existence. And I don't care. Don't at me. I'm not going to debate this. The NHL playoffs are literally the best playoffs in sports. I don't think it's particularly close either. The drama of elimination games, the intensity of playoff action, is literally what the NHL does better than anyone else. So if you can create that for more markets, if you can create that atmosphere where you've got games that mean everything to certain fan bases and certain teams, and you can do it in a way that does protect and incentivize the teams that finish 7-8, and then I'm all for it. I love elimination games. I love when everything's on the line. There's nothing better than overtime, nothing better than Game 7. And what you're essentially creating with these play-in games are three or four more opportunities to get those types of games before anything even really gets going in the 16-team tournament. I think it's a no-brainer. I think it hooks a lot more on your product before you even start the playoffs. I'm, I'm all in, and like... I get it. There's going to be people saying, well, it waters down the regular season. Or isn't the regular season the play-in situation? Yeah, it, to an extent it is. But I, I would love to see a situation come down where you've got Nashville and Dallas having to play and the winner gets to be a seven seed and the loser has to play the winner of Vegas-Vancouver. Like, the, the amount of fan bases that are going to be engaged if you open it up just a little bit would be awesome. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll switch gears and go to the other side of the NHL. In the Eastern Conference, you have had eight teams that are going to be playing in the playoffs. They've been the same eight teams for essentially three quarters of the season. Yeah. But the New York Islanders right now would be one of those play-in teams. But to, to, to add a little more to it, you would have the Buffalo Sabres, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Ottawa Senators all chasing the Columbus, well, maybe not Ottawa, but Buffalo, Detroit, and, Colum- and Columbus fighting for that one last spot. I mean, Detroit, maybe, who knows? Maybe they, 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 they win a few more games down the stretch, and they're right there. I think what you do by doing so is you give back to more fan bases. You, yeah. you, you, you give more meaningful hockey games to those people who are, and, and listen, I don't know if you're going to get to it on one-timers, but I saw how much the Coyotes are going to be charging for season tickets next year. You're giving more back to those fans who are spending thousands and thousands of dollars on season tickets, right? If you're an Islanders fan and you bought tickets for that brand new, beautiful arena they, they, they have, you're yet to see a meaningful hockey game be played in that building because they haven't played one. Yeah. And, you know, the thing, that, the thing that I find really interesting is it's, it's an opportunity for more hockey-related revenue. And, and for me, when you are talking about the salary cap and you're talking about wanting players to get what their market value truly is and you want to see teams able to have superstar talent 
but also be able to build a team around those superstars so that you have a better chance for the Connor McDavid's and the Austin Matthews and maybe Austin Matthews not a, a great example since he'll be in the playoffs and, and all that but you have a better opportunity of having high-end skill players on good teams instead of high-end skill players going to terrible teams and then you're not able to once those players get their contract build a team that can actually do some damage around them like I'm all for players making more money I'm all for the salary cap going up and I am all for more hockey related revenue going into the pockets of players, the, the people that are on the ice, and the reason for fans shelling out their money. Like, I, I think any, any opportunity to bring more money into the bottom line is one that the NHL should explore. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that because I, I feel like, first of all, the opportunity to see, like, like I said, more meaningful hockey games for, for those people who are shelling out thousands and thousands of dollars every single year to go see their favorite players and their favorite team, I think that's a bonus. Like, we're, we're pretty lucky because the Golden Knights, they've been playing meaningful hockey basically the entire season. Every game they've played has mattered. And and I, I, I can't harp on that enough that I feel like for the people who are... Because the, we, we hear about it. The cost of going to a game has gone up so much over the last 15, 20 years that a lot of times you're pricing out the, the, the families. But by playing more meaningful games, that family that may go to a game only once a year... Maybe the game that they're going to see might not be until March, but if they're fighting for that play-in spot or they're fighting for, for a playoff spot, at least that game's meaningful. If I'm an Ottawa Senator fan and I can only afford to go to one game a year and it happens to be tonight, it kind of sucks because, first of all, you don't know who's playing. Second of all, you, the game means nothing. It's just a game. It's just to play out the string. But I, I'm with you. I want players to make more money. I want the fans to enjoy it more. I want the fans to get more for their money, and this is a way to do it. So as much as I'm open to expanding the playoff format, I think my favorite part of Wyshynski's proposed plan was that when you get down to your final four teams, you reseed those four teams based on their regular season record. So you have the four best teams remaining and the best team out of those four gets the easiest matchup and it it takes regions and it takes conferences and all of that out of the equation because then you have an opportunity to get i don't know vegas and la or vegas and uh colorado in a stanley cup final and if those were the two best teams in the regular season i don't want them to play any series prior to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. I mean, I, I don't remember because I was very young, but there was a time the NHL seeded 1 through 16, and it resulted in two teams in very close proximity playing each other in the Stanley Cup final. The Islanders played the, the Philadelphia Flyers one year. That's like a two-hour drive. But if those were the two best teams, then why should they have to play each other in a conference final or in the second round? To me, like last year, Vegas and Colorado playing in the second round was kind of disappointing. Oh, it was anticlimactic, right? Yeah. Because, you, you, again, you, you want that best matchup. You want the two best teams. And if they're able to get there, you want that to be for the Stanley Cup final. I, I think best on best is what you're aiming for. So reseeding when you're down to the final four, I, I think would be awesome. I think it'd be fantastic. And I, I really love this piece from Greg, Greg Wyshynski. If you give it, 
If you have some time, do yourself a favor. Go on to ESPN. Read the article. Read the column. Uh, it's great stuff. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the play of the day next on the VGK Insider Show. No chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores. It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. This one was a no-brainer from last night, the Golden Knights, the Washington Capitals, three-on-three overtime, and Shea Theodore dances into the offensive zone and makes a move. Dodonov now in the neutral zone, coming ahead left side, cutting towards the middle of the way, they score! An incredible overtime goal for Shea Theodore. The Knights win 4-3 in overtime. 14 goals now on the year for Shea Theodore, and I don't think any were as pretty and as impactful as the one that he scored last night to win the game for the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, everything that you could ask for, everything that you could want on a play was there. You have, obviously, the move to get into the middle of the ice, but then the, the subtle fake-out going forehand, backhand, and roofing that puck. Shea Theodore is an absolute unit when it comes to three-on-three overtime. Yeah, I mean, you, you you could just go back a couple days and, and the winner he scored in in Vancouver. Uh, it, it's he's he's just been so impactful the last couple weeks for this team, but he really seems to excel in the three on three, and he he kind of nodded to it there being a lot of open ice, um, him him having the ability to just skate really well. You know, it's funny because I asked him. I, I said last night when you. When, when you make that move, what goes through your mind? Like, like what makes you decide that you're going to try that? Because it's not something you can practice. And he kind of laughed a little bit. He goes, I don't know, maybe instincts, maybe seeing an opening. But he's so good in situations like that. And, and what amazes me is just how gifted offensively he is, especially in a, a, a three-on-three situation. Yeah, Shea Theodore, uh, the overtime winner. It's absolutely, without a doubt, our play of the day. We're back with hour number two. We'll talk to Dave Shane with the Las Vegas Review Journal about the Golden Knights, who might be in net for Vegas on Sunday in a, another must-win game against the San Jose Sharks. We're also going to take a look at the playoff picture for the Vegas Golden Knights and what path makes the most sense now. All that coming up in hour number two right here on the VGK Insider Show.